Hello folks, and welcome back to another episode of The TCM Folks. So in the previous episode, I brought on a good friend of mine, Joan, who is a Western doctor, to share with you guys a little bit more about the differences between Western medicine and TCM. And the focus on the conversation was mainly on Western medicine's perception towards TCM, as well as vice versa, and what the culture of these two medicines are like in the context of Singapore. And from the conversation with Joan, I realized that there has conventionally been a lot of tension between these two medical fields because they are really very, very different and because there is also quite a lack of understanding between the two, but more so, I think, a lack of understanding towards uh, TCM in particular. So after the episode ended, I actually continued my discussion with Joan and we shared a little bit more about the technical side of things, of why these two medicines are so different in the first place. And so in today's episode, I want to share a little bit more uh, about what we discussed regarding the fundamental differences between Western medicine and TCM, as well as how I think that these two medical fields can actually work better together. Okay, so first let's talk about maybe the fundamental differences between Western medicine and TCM. So as I mentioned before, the reason why Western medicine and TCM is so different is because the foundation of these two medicines are already worlds apart to begin with. Right? Western medicine is based uh, mainly on science. It's based on things like research, it's based on things like tests, based on things like uh, evidence. It's based on tangibles and uh, replicable results. But Chinese medicine, on the other hand, is based on philosophy. Right? It's based on concepts like yin and yang, based on concepts like qi, based on concepts like um, the five elements, etc. So I think for Western medicine, it is generally easier for the wider public to accept and understand because a lot of these theories are very logical and, and they are proven by science. But for Chinese medicine, being philosophy-based, it's incredibly difficult to understand it if you don't understand the philosophies to begin with or if you try and use a more science-based or Western medicine-based approach to understand uh, this traditional Chinese medicine. So since the foundation is already so different, you can also guess that the way we understand and the way we treat disease is also very different. And I think this is where a lot of the misunderstanding and a lot of the you know, miscommunication occurs between Western doctors and Chinese physicians. So to explain this difference, let us use the easiest example of the common cold. So what I gathered from Joan was that from a Western medicine perspective, when a patient comes in with flu symptoms, what the Western doctor will basically do is to try and determine what is the cause of the disease and what is the disease that the patient is being affected with. So Western doctors will look at things like the symptoms. They will also analyze their patients based on things like gender. Are they male? Are they female? Things like age, you know, how old they are. Are they young? Are they elderly? or do they have any medical history, they will analyze these symptoms along with the profile of the patient to come up with uh, several possible diagnoses for this patient. So for instance, a patient coming with flu-like symptoms uh, may actually have things like uh, upper respiratory tract infection, which is the most common type, 
or they can actually also be more serious. It might even be things like pneumonia, or it could just be a allergic rhinitis. It could be sinusitis. In severe cases, it could even be cancer, right? Or in our present day situation, it could also be an infectious disease like COVID. So from what I get it is my impression that you know Western doctors are very concerned with identifying the disease. Right? What is the disease that this patient is being afflicted with? Or what is the most possible disease that this patient is being afflicted with? And what are the secondary, tertiary, and so on and so forth possibilities? Because once the Western doctor knows the disease that the patient is being afflicted with, he or she can then very easily prescribe the corresponding medications for that disease. But Chinese medicine, on the other hand, is a little bit different or maybe very different. So in Chinese medicine, we also have this concept of diagnosing disease, right? In TCM, we call it bianbing, which is when a patient comes in, we have to first diagnose the specific disease that the patient is afflicted with, right? Same with Western medicine. However, the difference here is that we are not that specific in our diagnosis. So if you come in with flu-like symptoms, maybe you have a cold, you have a fever, you have a chills, you have body ache, you have a runny nose, you have a bit of a cough, right? If you have these group of symptoms, normally what we would diagnose you as would be having the flu, right? Same as Western medicine, just that maybe we don't go into so in-depth or is it a respiratory infection of the upper area or the lower area and things like that. Uh, but sometimes we actually do know, is it an upper respiratory tract infection or lower respiratory tract infection and so on and so forth. But even if we do know, most of the time it doesn't really matter because more often than not, we still need to diagnose something else, which is this concept of zheng before we can actually formulate a treatment plan. So ping or diagnosing the disease is just one part of our diagnosis process, we have this additional second layer called pian zheng, which is to diagnose the body type. And this pian zheng or diagnosing the body type concept is, I think, what is more unique to TCM and what makes it so different from Western medicine. So what does this pian zheng or diagnosing the body type actually mean? So what it means is that apart from identifying or diagnosing the disease that the patient is being afflicted with, we also look holistically at the entire body to see what is causing or what is underlying this disease in the first place. Right? And the reason why we do this is because we believe that the same disease or the same condition may not necessarily be expressed in the same way for everybody. So I give you an example or going back to the example of the flu. So for a TCM point of view, if a patient comes in with the common cold, for example, so like I mentioned, if the patient comes in with uh, maybe a cough, a runny nose, blocked nose, a fever, body ache, chills. Okay, so these are roughly the type of symptoms that we would group as the patient having a flu. Okay, but that is the pianping or the disease diagnosis portion. After we know this, we then go into the second layer of diagnosis, which is to diagnose the body type. And the reason why we do this is because, as I said above, the same disease or the same condition may not necessarily be expressed in the same way for everybody. So what does this mean? So a person coming with a flu, 
person A might have flu symptoms, but he might be a flu that is a little bit more heaty in nature. Maybe his fever is a bit more pronounced. Maybe his phlegm is yellowish. Maybe his pulse is a bit faster. Maybe his tongue is a little, little bit more reddish. But person B coming in with the same set of flu symptoms might have a flu that is a little bit more cold in nature. So what does this mean? Maybe his chills instead of the fever is a bit more prominent, right? He's very cold. His mucus is more clear. His pulse is a bit more tense. His uh, tongue is a bit more white in color. Right, so as you can see, a person coming in with a flu can be a heaty flu, it can be a cold flu, and the way we treat these two different types of flu are completely different. So even though they have the same disease name, even though they are both we call flu, but the way we treat is completely different because the underlying body type or the underlying body constitution diagnosis is different for these two patients. Now, moving on to the treatment portion. For Western medicine, once Western doctors are able to more or less determine your disease, they then have very appropriate medications to actually target the disease or to target the symptom. So if you have uh, allergic rhinitis, they might give you some medication for that. If you have a cough, they might give you some cough mixture. If you have phlegm, they might give you something for that as well. So very straightforward, and, and I think that is why Western doctors, once they're able to diagnose the disease, they're able to effect a very fast and uh, effective treatment for the problem. For Chinese medicine, as I've mentioned, apart from diagnosing the disease, we also need to diagnose this body type. We need to pianzheng. And once we know the body type, we are then able to prescribe the appropriate medication. So for the same flu, we might prescribe medication that is a little bit more cooling for someone who has more of a heaty type flu, or we might prescribe some, uh, medication that is a little bit more uh, warming in nature for someone that has a flu that is a little bit more cold or cooling in nature. And if we don't do this or this diagnosing body step properly, what happens is if you give, for instance, someone who has a more heaty body type, herbs that are more heaty or warming in nature, then it makes sense that their condition get worse, right? Or if you give someone who has a cooling type flu, some cold herbs, some cooling herbs, then it's understandable that that will also make the condition worse. Right, so this brings me you know, back to the same point that Chinese medicine is very focused most of the time on this bianzheng concept to treat the body constitution, to treat the body type as a priority rather than only focusing on treating the symptoms or treating the disease. Right? And this is why in TCM, sometimes you see people coming in with completely different problems being prescribed the same medication while people coming in with what seems like the same problem Right, like the above example I gave you, they might be prescribed completely different medications. And, and, the, and the rationale behind this is because most of the time, you know, we use this concept of treating the body type, treating the body based on what the body needs instead of focusing only on the disease. And this is why we practice the concepts of you know, to look at you, to feel your pulse, to look at your tongue, to ask you symptoms about your sleep, your stress, your appetite, your bowel movement, right? even though you may only have a flu. Because what we're trying to do as TCM physicians is to understand your body type because we, we need this information to then be able to prescribe medication properly to you. Okay, so this, I think, is you know, more or less the, the main sort of fundamental difference between Western medicine and Chinese medicine. 
And as, as a Chinese medicine predict, practitioner, I think it's very easy for me to understand. Maybe because I have, you know, spent so many years studying this and the philosophies behind Chinese medicine have already been ingrained in my mind. But I think for maybe Western doctors, it can be a little bit difficult to grasp, especially, you know, if you don't know all these yin and yang, you know, five elements kind of theories. Okay, but, you know, I, I, I still think that Western medicine and Chinese medicine are complementary and they can still work together very well. And during my conversation with Joan, we talked about this very interesting condition. In Western medicine, this, this condition is called globus pharyngeus. And it's a condition where the patient feels that there is something stuck in the throat. It feels like a lump in the throat. Uh, you can't swallow it down. You can't you know, regurgitate it out. If you use a scope, there's nothing there. But the patient feels like you know, there's a nagging kind of lump in the throat that doesn't seem to go away. And this condition in Western medicine is called globus pharyngeus. And from a Western medicine point of view, they believe it is caused by acid reflux. So in TCM, I, I never knew that, that there was actually a Western medicine equivalent for this condition. But in TCM, we also have the exact you know, same condition called Meihechi in Chinese medicine. And what Meihechi is, is essentially what I've described above. Right? You feel like there's a lump in your throat, you can't swallow it down. If you look down the throat, there's nothing there. And we actually, you know, associate these kind of problems with stress. We say that when we are stressed or when we are anxious, you get something called tan qi yu jie, which is like our qi and our phlegm sort of consolidates in the area, which is what makes us feel that way. But from a Western medicine point of view, they believe it's because of acid reflux that is causing this problem. But surprisingly, when I look at the formula for this Meihe Qi in TCM, it's called Pan Jia Ho Po Tang, a lot of the herbs inside are actually beneficial for acid reflux. So if you look at it this way, even though their foundations, their underlying principles are very, very different, you know, sometimes at the end of the day, they actually work the same way, just that you know, we never knew about it. And so even though you know, a lot of the times Western medicine and Chinese medicine are at odds. They are seemingly very different. But I think that both of them still work. And if they are able to work together, I think that there's a lot of potential for a lot of these problems to be resolved in a more effective and more beneficial way for the patients as well. So I give you a few examples of where I think you know, Western medicine and Chinese medicine has very good potential to actually work well together. And this is, this is from my own experience as well as from the experiences of my peers and my teachers around me. So some of the very common examples include things like pain management. Right? So for pain management, you know, Western doctors, they more often than not give you painkillers and things like that. But I think you know, if it's not so serious or if the condition is you know, more manageable, Patients should also be able to try Western, uh, Chinese medicine as a complement or before they actually you know, resort to using surgery or things like that. Right? Other examples include maybe cancer treatment. While doing things like chemotherapy, radiotherapy, patients may have a lot of side effects like maybe lack of appetite, uh, vomiting, fatigue. So in these kind of cases, Chinese medicine can also act as a complement to help boost the patient's immune system to help alleviate some of these side effects of the cancer treatments. Other cases uh, like maybe chronic conditions, high blood pressure, diabetes, 
definitely patients with these conditions, they need to be consistent with their Western medication. But my opinion is that Western medication for these kind of chronic conditions, they just target the symptoms. They don't really manage the underlying physique or the underlying body constitution of the patient. And this is where you know you can also use TCM as a complement to help to regulate the person's body constitution so that you are even able to bring down the baseline blood pressure or to bring down the baseline uh, blood sugar to also then make the person less dependent on Western medications if possible. Also, I think fertility. Fertility is one area where there is very good cooperation between uh, Western medication and TCM already. Uh, for females who are undergoing IVF, IUI, there has been an increase in females who are trying out TCM to improve their body condition, to improve their womb condition, to make sure that their period is regular, that their lining is healthy using things like acupuncture, medication, so that when they do the IVF, do the IUI, do the Western medicine procedures, their chances of expecting is higher. Right? So I think there's a lot of potential for Western medicine to work together and to work well with Chinese medicine. And I've seen this firsthand in countries like China, where I did uh, two years of my study. You know, in the hospitals, some of their doctors there are actually trained in both Western medicine and TCM. They have an insane seven-year course where their doctors there or their students there study both Western medicine and TCM together. And when, and when these students graduate, they are able to utilize both Western medicine and TCM at the same time, which is quite crazy, yeah. Right. And even in the hospital wards, you see like the patients uh, taking TCM along with Western medicine uh, on a day-to-day kind of basis. Right. And, and I think there is some truth that this works. Right. And if you look at the most recent uh, COVID situation, there are a total of 90,000 cases only and about 4,500 deaths in the entire China of 1 billion over people. So I think there has to be some reason as to why there are cases and why their mortality rate is so low. And I think part of it is, I like to believe, is attributed to Chinese medicine. Right? So I think there's a lot of potential in this area and, and I really hope to, to see that happening in Singapore one day. And so just to conclude, as, as I've said before, at the end of the day, both of these medicines, what we really want to do is to achieve the same thing, right? which is to improve the quality of life for our patients to help them deal with some of these uh, illnesses and diseases. And in my humble opinion, you know, both of these medical fields can actually work together to improve on this objective. So with that, I've come to the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Hope you have learned something new. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Instagram at the TCM folks. And I will see you guys on the next episode.